When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, Brandon Harvey here with this week's episode of Sounds Good, the podcast where every single Monday I sit down with an inspiring person and talk about happiness, overcoming struggles, and living a life of intentionality and wonder. This week, I'm so excited to share a short conversation with Bob Goff. If you know of Bob already, he needs no introduction. If you don't know Bob, just think of him as a crazy eccentric dad changing the world in all kinds of crazy ways. He's a lawyer, he's a professor, he's recognized by the U.S. State Department as a diplomat, he's the honorary consul to the country of Uganda, and he's started all these schools all over the world in the most wild places. Uganda, Iraq, Somalia, it's amazing. And when he wrote a book a few years ago, he talked the publisher into letting him put his personal cell number in the back of the book. And he always answers it, like that's his deal. He always answers it when people call. In fact, Bob answered a call during our interview. So nuts. I love how available he is. In fact, that's kind of how this conversation came together. I've known Bob for a little while, but I landed in San Diego where he lives and just decided to call him spontaneously, see if he was around. He had a few hours before he was heading to the airport and told me to just swing on by and bring my microphone. So that's what I did. And this conversation is that. Bob has a crazy and amazing way of seeing the world, and I hope you love this conversation as much as I did. Let's jump straight into it. All right, you guys, we are in San Diego with Bob Goff. Bob, welcome to Sounds Good. Hey, thanks a million. Great being on with you. Man, I am so psyched to have you here. Um, I told you a minute ago that I think that you are the chief um, optimist, and this show is about optimism and overcoming cynicism, and so I'm excited to have you. Yeah, everybody thought Jesus was drunk. I think he was just happy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So I think a lot of people who are listening to this may not actually know anything about you, and I think there's a lot of people who do, but I want to just kind of start at the basic level and be like, Bob, tell me about your boring job, like the the one on the side that um, that you've been doing for decades. Yeah, I'm a lawyer by training, um, but like most of the listeners, you have things that you're able to do and then things that you're made to do. Oftentimes there's a similarity, but oftentimes are very different. So while I'm able to be a lawyer and try cases and all that, I've been doing it for 30 years. I actually wasn't made to do that. What I was made to do is start schools in conflict areas. and It wasn't because I got some thunderous voice from on high that said start schools in conflict areas, but it just works. So I wrote a book. I'm not an author. I'm like, I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I'm like, that's how I would self-identify. Uh, Jesus isn't interested in our 
<laughs> all of our titles, I'm not either. So like this idea of saying, how could we make an impact while we're here? You're doing it in your way. I'm doing it my way. And then like that kid's uh, story, remember Stone Soup? We yeah. Just, uh, everybody throws their vegetables in and then <laughs> we all get fed. So we start, uh, wrote a book and we just gave all the money away and they sold quite a few of them. Uh, so we have schools now in seven different countries uh, and most of them are conflict areas and um, just headed out uh, again in a couple days. I'm not sure when, but in a couple days to another one. So I spend my days visiting with people uh, during the day and then in between that then run out and kind of be dad coming by the school. Uh, not to say anything in particular, but to just say like, way to go, keep going. I love it. Yeah, and we start schools with good guys and bad guys and undecided. We have people <laughs> like actually bad guys that we just like teach them because that idea of like loving people that you don't understand, people that creep you out, it's kind of like that's a kind of a report card on where you're at in your life, and your faith, wherever it is that you're coming from. See, it would be easy to hang out with you, but find somebody who's a little bit more difficult to hang out. So we find opportunities. To yeah, do. that's good. Where, where are some of these schools? I mean, I, uh, I know that you've got Iraq, you've got um, Somalia. Can I say that? Is that yeah. top secret? You've got schools in these places where a lot of people don't n- know that you can put a school there and that, that, you know, it's, you're just some guy from San Diego and you're putting a school in Somalia. Like, Isn't that's that crazy? And you just start. That's the crazy part is most of the work is done between you and like Romania Airlines. Because <laughs> you just say, how am I going to get in there? Nobody wants to fly in because they'll shoot them down. Uh, but there's like uh, these airlines that keep switching who's going in. But right now Turkish Air goes in. We were there a couple weeks ago. We've got a couple safe houses uh, for little girls that find themselves in these horrible circumstances and they get sold into marriages at 13 years old to guys that are older than me, and I'm 57. So uh, we're just like, heck no. And so we just guard their hearts, and we literally actually guard their hearts and just, instead of hoping things for people, uh, just actually help people. That's beautiful. And my brain tells me when I'm hoping for something, it actually is helping, but actually helping is helping. Mm. <laughs> hoping just hoping. So that's not a bad thing. It starts with hoping. And then for each of us on our path, it ends up being helping on your thing. So just stay in your lane. You don't have to look at every, what everybody else is doing. Just figure out what is it that you were made to do and then do a ton of that. I love it. I love it. And you're just showing up on the ground with, I mean, I was just in your office. You've got bulletproof vests lying around. <laughs> and uh, and what, like, do, do you get freaked out doing this kind of stuff? Like, what does that look like? You're doing stuff that a lot of people, you know, they just sit there and they don't even think about doing. Man, this whole idea uh, that I think is the starting point for me is that comfortable people forget how to love well. Right. If you uh, if you're uncomfortable, you end up being dependent, and you end up learning some of love's ways. And so I'm the comfortable guy. Literally, I'm the guy in every single parable. <laughs> I'm just the wrong guy in every parable because I'm comfortable. I got a house, I got a car, I got a boat, I got a, I got a dog I don't even want. But one of the things I'm trying to do is get more desperate. And so the way to get more desperate isn't to just read about things and identify with things or sign petitions about things. And those could all be fine starting points, but that's not an ending point to say, so what's my small piece of that? And, uh, and we all have tiny pieces. 
hopefully there's like such small paces we can't even like singing nobody else will be able to sing just us mm. we just see your spot and then you don't need to make a hoodie every time you do something nice and we've just got a little nondescript office here in San Diego and um, with a lot of people that have their head down and, um, and then we're just trying to be helpful whatever that is I love it when did that start for you? Like, at what point did you kind of transition from being like, oh, I'm a lawyer, or maybe it was earlier than this, like, oh, I'm a lawyer, to like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna be out there doing this? Yeah, I, I was a lawyer and had these young kids, and it always starts at your family, you know, just to say, like, what do you have? I got a wife, got these great kids, and then I started bringing the kids along. We started doing these adventures. I mean, you know, we wrote to every world leader, like every leader on earth and invite him over to the house for a sleepover and said, if you can't come, can we come over to your house? <laughs> and <laughs> we got all these yeses. So we pulled the kids out of school and uh, just spent the longest time like getting like bargain fares on British Airways just over to Europe and then finding where these people were. And then no agenda, because if loving people has an agenda, it ain't love anymore. And so sometimes what we do is we come with our big agenda about we want to help them with this. I mean, actually not having agenda is helpful. Just ask them what they're into and is there anything that they've been dreaming about that you could do together? That's mm -hmm. a great question. Do you have any stories of, of asking that question recently and, and getting something back and being, well, I can help with that? Oh, heck yeah. Like it's Somalia. I mean, if they're in the middle of this huge conflict, there's several warring clans uh, and I just got a hold of one of the sultans, <laughs> one of the clans. And I said, do you want to like me? I'll, I'll meet you in Mogadishu. And so he said, yes. So he did. And I just brought, what are you praying? <laughs> so I just brought some slingshots and saltwater taffy. <laughs> and I brought uh, somebody else uh, uh, from their provisional government uh, that would, by many measures, be an enemy. Um, but we were just a couple guys just shooting saltwater taffy together. And there's something beautiful that happens when we get past all the, like, kind of the issues and get back to, like, becoming friends. And not the screwed up version of friendship, which is called networking, because that ain't friendship at all. <laughs> just friends. Nothing on the other side of the equal side. Just more love. Right? Yeah. So just finding things to go do with people. And I think a lot of people would look at that and they'd be like, well, obviously, Bob, that works for you because you're Bob. But I can't just show up and shoot saltwater taffy with a slingshot. Like, what would you, what would you say to people who, who think that that's too simple? Or yeah, you get to make your own rules, literally. You can't decide how fast you can drive on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> I have diplomatic immunity. I can't. But one of the things that... Um, you get to decide is how you're going to give your love away and mm. how you're going to, I'm not going to try to be organized in the way that I love people. I want to be available in the way that I love people. For instance, when you called and we uh, tried to set up a time, we did. I just said, this is where I'm going to be. Um, and then you came whenever you came. And so I don't make appointments with anybody. I haven't done that for three years. Can you imagine a lawyer that doesn't make appointments? <laughs> but I get to make my own rules. And the rules are, I don't want to spend all my time thinking about whether you're late or I'm late or all this. I just like, let's just be together and then be all there. And then, uh, like the idea of like scheduling, I can't like, I know I'm going to Africa soon because I saw a bunch of Africa stuff out <laughs> in the office. And so, but I don't know when, because 
the people that you met only tell me what I'm doing today, tomorrow, and the next day, which has been so beautiful. So you get to decide. And that helps me be actually present. A lot of us spend a lot of time in proximity to one another, mm. but not actually present. And so that's been helpful. So make your rules. Just decide what's uh, good for you. People don't follow vision. They follow availability. Mm. So just be available to people. and Figure out what will help you be more available. I love that. I love that. One of my favorite things about you is that you are a fantastic storyteller. And not only that, but you're a fantastic story liver. And that, that sounds like liver, like the part of the body. But you live out good stories. You live out incredible stories on purpose um, for the sake of being able to almost like kind of tell a story about that and use that to kind of move the needle, move people forward. Um, what's another story that's happened in your life recently that you're psyched about? Yeah, I don't have that many amazing things happen, but I have a lot of ordinary things that happen. Mm. And because I put my cell phone number in the back of a million <laughs> books, I get quite a few phone calls. And so just even... Just being available, just deciding uh, for even your listeners, decide that you're just not sending anybody to voicemail um, and you'll lead a richer life. Mm. But that's not amazing, but actually it sets a stage for unique things to happen. Um, I get a lot of phone calls from prisons because these prisoners, they pass the book from cell to cell and these guys get a call and they'll call me up. And there's a guy that called me yesterday and he and a bunch of his felon friends are reading this uh, book uh, and he said he really wanted to do something we weren't sure what to do and they can get socks at the commissary for buck 25 and so he's mailing me a bunch of socks and I'll just give them away to people like just to say you know if you can't walk in their shoes walk in their socks Beautiful. You know, but find the right person to give it to that's what would make a difference find the right people where it would actually move the needle we probably turn down 30 things a week, um, and I don't even see them. They would just say that the standard is this. There's these two amazing gals that uh, field these things, and um, we'll just say, is it going to move the needle? Because if I talk to a bunch of lawyers, like all of them in Canada are at one place, it won't matter, right? Because they've already decided to be awesome or not, or if they haven't decided yet, they'll never decide. Hmm. But go talk to a bunch of 20s, 30-year-olds, somewhere that are actually deciding, would it be possible? And it's not that at the risk of making it sound like kind of like Forrest Gump, that he just like showed up. And then it's like a lot of hard work. And so don't shy away from hard work. Quit mm -hmm. waiting for the plan. I love it. <laughs> the plan is to love everybody. And start with a person that creeps you out. Like find people who give you the creeps a little bit, right? But And then just love them. Remember, pick good. your movie star. You'd say, like, the nicest person in the world. Like, they're super easy. So, oh, like, don't start with me because I'm, like, a really easy <laughs> guy to get along with. Find somebody who you don't, whether because it's their religious views, how they express them, their views about whatever the hot topic is in society. Just whatever that is, somebody that just, like, gives you the creeps. And find a, a way to engage in this idea of being shepherds, not sheriffs. I think that's what we need more. And we're not trying to control people's conduct. Right? We're just trying to be with them in the field. The shepherd doesn't tell the sheep what to eat. <laughs> just, he's just there to protect them. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that, Bob. And shepherds get lost, too. I mean, a lot of my friends, are, if, if 747 started falling out of the sky as quickly as my friends are, I mean, they ground the whole fleet. And they say, what's up? And what happens is that, that like people that are shepherding, they get spread a little thin. 
And so let's just be compassionate to the people that are doing trying to do a good job even when they aren't. Uh, people that aren't doing a good job, even though they ought to be trying, just be compassionate and just say that they're just on a different part of the path than us. That's amazing. And I never try to figure out if I'm ahead of them or behind them. Sometimes these people that annoy you, the, the problem is you can still hear them. <laughs> you can't see them on the path, but you can still hear them. And just be a little bit more generous or get mm. some like, you know, ear jacks. <laughs> you get to change the music. You get to decide what music to put on the soundtrack of your life. You know, if there's a guy water skiing in a beautiful lake and there's all this happy music, you know it's going to be an awesome day. I mean, he's going to hit this triple up in the air or something. But if the music turns dark and the film cuts to a log bobbing in the water, you know he's going to hit the log. <laughs> <laughs> so part of it is just say, like, you get to choreograph your life and it isn't being ignorant I try death penalty cases against witch doctors that sacrifice kids I mean like I've got gears and I just God loves justice and he's nuts about kids and I am too but that doesn't make me walk around with a dour face I just I get it but I also have a witch doctor school <laughs> and it's like, so we're going to go graduate a bunch of them and we don't teach them how to be witch doctors we teach these leaders these tribal leaders how to read and write Mm. And there's something crazy that happens. Go teach somebody who creeps you out how to read and write. Get to know their name. You'll actually love them. You'll actually love them. And the crazy part, they've stopped sacrificing kids. That's Because they have somebody who loves them. Somebody that sees them. They found a shepherd, not a sheriff. Mm. That's really good. That's really good. Okay, so you've alluded to this, but you know a lot of... Oh, this is amazing. You guys, Bob is... Hello, it's Bob here. You just got a phone call. Hi there. Who's this? Yeah, no, the phone number is real. And always, like, I just always believe that when people say stuff, it's true. That's what I do. And I know that kind of goes cross-grange from the idea that, you like, you know, you need to just double and triple check it. But just assume people are telling the truth. So you guys got this. I'm glad you called. Hey, listen, I'm just talking to a friend right now, so I need to jump off the line, but you got my cell number. Call anytime if I can help you out. All right. I'll see you. So that would be typical. Like people would, they're wondering. Uh, They really don't have anything to talk about. There's just a guy together with somebody else. And they say like, no, that's not true. And then what if we were just, that we could make one thing come true for people. Mm. Um, it's kind of like this idea of, it's like make-a-wish, but for people that don't know that they're sick, that they, that they, uh, this cynicism has crept in somehow, that they go, they think they're going to get a recording about how to buy a box of books or something. And really when you answer the phone and say hello, you just answered every question they have. They just want to know if it's really true. Mm. And if we can make one thing come true to people, I think it would open the door that maybe they would think maybe something else is true. Maybe they would uh, be a little bit more generous in their assumptions about somebody else to consider them a little bit more worthy than themselves. If we could just do that, I don't know. Might work. I love that. <laughs> but I want to fail trying. Mm. I don't want to fail watching. Beautiful. Right? Instead of just like, give it a try. What's it cost you? It cost me 30 seconds. And here's a guy that walks away going, huh, it's true. And, and then he's on his path. Shepherds, not chefs. Just say like, go do your thing, and then, but don't say there's no program to join. There's no something. There's nothing on the other side of the equal sign, 
And if that became normative, then we've really got something. Hmm. Uh, we have when our kids uh, were young, we put this star on the bottom of our plate. Uh, somebody would get the star plate, and they're like the big winners. And so it's, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I taught business law at this university in town here for 18 years, and there would always be a star test. And I wouldn't tell them who would get it, but like the, we would hand out the test, and somebody would get the test that has a star on the back. And I'll tell them, you know what? You can ask me the answer to any question on the test. I'll write <laughs> the answer up on the board. If you're stuck on number 42, I'll write the answer on the board. Or you can give it away. You get to decide whatever you want to do. Mm. I taught that class for 18 years, and every time I gave the test, somebody would say, you know, give me the answer to 39. And so I'd write 39 on the board. And they'd say, give me the answer to 11. I'd write 11 on the board. And finally, there was this person, they, they, I said, like, who has this tar test? And this woman looks up kind of startled because nobody said <laughs> And I said, hey, like, do, do you have a question? Or you can give it away. Like, what do you want to do? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll give it away. It was like automatic for her. Mm. She just gave this thing away. What she didn't know is that the rules were this. If you ask me the answer for a question, I'll give you the answer to that question. If you give it away, you get a perfect score. Whoa. Right? And you know, when all the people finish their exams, there's like three people less in a class of 70. She's one of them. She didn't give away because she had this thing nailed. She gave it away because that's what she does. Mm. And what if she gave it away to somebody? And then that person said, no, I'm going to give it away. And the other, by the time you do like that three or four times, nobody's going to say, give me the answer to 15. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've established this beautiful norm. It's what contagious. you do when you get the star test is you give it away. Beautiful. And there's this beautiful unwritten rule that none of us like really believe is true, that the way to get everything is to give it away. And mm -hmm. I know it's this reverse economy, but my like worldview is all based on a crazy reverse economy about first and last and and loving people who creep you out and all this crazy stuff that's beautiful i love that and a lot of these stories you've shared are in this book that you wrote a few years ago and the book's been really successful and um it's it's really cool though because that book was a lot of people's first discovery of you in a lot of ways and before that you were just this lawyer doing all this stuff secretly and kind of part of this book is this idea of here's how to be secretly incredible here's how to do amazing stuff that moves the needle behind the scenes and you've kind of built this community of of people who are doing amazing work and not telling people about it um, tell me a little bit more about that because I, you just talked about this reverse economy that's so upside down. That's so not what people do. And it's at the same time working and it's really cool and it's exciting. It's contagious. Yeah, I'll say I didn't build any community, but there's a whole bunch of people that are out there. You know, a movement is just a bunch of people making moves, right? So <laughs> there's a bunch of people that are just quietly making moves and they're all around you. Like you're one of them, the person across the street, the lady that's the receptionist, like, they're making moves in their own way and then just to be curious about their stuff. You know, when you get an illness and you know the really long name for whatever you've got, you know the long name because you've got it. <laughs> but you never know the long name of what everybody else has got. So maybe like learning the longer name of that. And it's going to take being available and it's going to take like saying, I want to intersect with more people. I'm not looking for more friends. I'm like trying to do a good job with the ones I've got, but to recognize us as being a 
family. And every mm. family has a nutty uncle, right? I'm one of them. But just find your lane. Be who like God made you to be um, instead of trying to be like each other. Because we'll never end up finding love's way if we spend all of our time trying to be like each other. So if you're tempted to, just call it out. Comparison is a punk. Like, really <laughs> just pound the steering wheel. Comparison's a punk. If you feel yourself comparing yourself to somebody else, you go, like, it's a punk. Like, don't call them a punk. Comparison's a punk. I love that. <laughs> um, so every single episode, we love to ask three questions. And I wanted to ask you those questions really quick. Um, my first question is, how would you describe the kind of person that you most admire in the world? The people that dazzle me aren't the people that are up in front. They're the people that would like fight for the worst parking spot. Mm. They're the people that would like sit where all the smoke from the fire is going. You know, there's these quiet heroes. You don't even notice them, but when you do notice them, you're shaped by them. Like that idea that bright lights don't need spotlights. Right? There are people that are probably like that. They just get love's way is not to be uh, the hero of every story or the victim of every story, but just the guy in between. Mm, that just gave me goosebumps. I love that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that when you notice that person, you said it perfectly. It shapes you. Yeah, I'm really the cool. neighbor who takes my garbage can out because mm. it's Mondays. Like, I know how to do that. <laughs> he doesn't do it because he thinks I have too much garbage. He thinks he wants to free me up. He just wants to be my neighbor. I have another neighbor uh, that brings over when it was like time for trick-or-treaters to come. Like she just came over with a bunch of candy just in case I didn't have enough. Oh. Like that's the, those of you like that's dazzling. That's really cool. That's amazing. My second question is what are you consuming right now that you love? And I know that, you know, when you've got a lot of stuff going on, it may not necessarily be a movie or a TV show, but what like what's something that you're kind of engaging with right now that you're it's changing the way that you see the world and it's changing the way that you act yeah i've got a uh, a lot of writing projects right now so most of my time on airplanes is spent uh with just lots of words <laughs> uh, i'm uh i've got three kids two of them were married and uh, we only uh book things nine months in one day in the future because huh. somebody's going to call and say they're like pregnant and I'll finish out what I said I'd do, and then you'll never hear from me again, ever. Huh. So that I do, because I know instead of having doing things at work, that will actually last. And so one of the things I'm doing between now and then is just writing down a lot of words, knowing that like I'm out as soon as the as soon as the <laughs> call comes, there's gonna be skid marks to a stop. Not because this eighteen inch long thing will know me, but my kids will know I'm available. It's just cool. nothing. But like literally, I'll like leave now and fly to Houston, and then I'll fly back for a meal, and then I'll fly to Arizona, and I'll fly back for a meal with Sumer. She won't even know where I am. <laughs> Most of the time, when people ask her like, "Where's Bob?" she says he's on his way home, because I always am. So the things that are consuming me are this: like writing these words down, knowing the person who I'm becoming, and let that person who I'm becoming inform who I am right now. Right? To figure out who Brand is becoming, right? Go talk to that. How old are you right now? Twenty-four. Yeah, Twenty-three. Wait, I don't even know how old I am. Twenty-three. Go, go talk to thirty-three-year-old Brandon. To have a long conversation, say, Who are you? And then let that shape who you are right now. So next version of me, grandpa. 
<laughs> and because I'm not going to be with anybody, it's informing who I am right now. Mm. I'm going to go be with everybody. Beautiful. That's so good. My, uh, my last question is, based on the ways you've chosen to step out and live your life a little bit differently, what's one thing you'd encourage others to do uh, to kind of follow in those footsteps? Not necessarily to follow in the footsteps and become Bob Goff, but to become themselves <clears throat> in a more full way. Yeah, if, if we walked next door, what you'd find is this flint, and I carry this flint around with me all over the place, and, uh, and I would say make more sparks. Hmm. You know, a lot of people want to light fires, but just like make more sparks, and then the sparks fall where they are, and then you'll know the best kinds. There's fires that are like it's burning other people's ideas down. That isn't helpful. Like in, when somebody has an idea that you disagree with, don't burn it down. Right, that makes you an arsonist. Hmm. Right, and so, but light sparks, and then just see where they go in people's lives, and then we don't try to control it. Like literally, just say like, I want to do it in beautiful ways. There's a there's a beautiful way to uh, light fires, and then there's a dastardly way. Most people don't want the dastardly way, but it looks pretty similar sometimes in terms of the outcome in other people's lives. So stop asking, how's your life working for you? But ask this, how is your life working for the people around you? It's another way to say, don't light fires, like just make the sparks and say, are these sparks that I'm making in your life, are they actually helpful? And some people might tell you like, actually that's not helpful. And so do less of that. And then somebody will say, that's actually is helpful. Do more of that. So there's no, like when people talk about like God's plan for your life and all that, that's a bunch of baloney. His plan, love everybody. Literally, make the sparks. Blow, the, blow on the embers. Like just make beautiful things happen in the lives of the people around you, right? Shepherds do that. Sheriffs don't. Sheriffs bust people who did it wrong. Just be like, engage them. The whole world just told them they did it wrong. Be the one person like that just gives better advice. And the best advice I've ever gotten was a hug. <laughs> Light more sparks and, and maybe give a hug. I love that, Bob. That's perfect advice. Man, every single episode, I also I finish off by saying, hey, where can people follow you online? I know you're a super humble guy, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Where, where can people find you? Yeah, you'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. Bob, thank you so much for being on Sounds Good. Thanks for sharing your stories, your wisdom. I know you've made a huge impact in my life through the years, and uh, for that, I'm grateful. Uh, thanks. Thank you so much to each and every one of you who tuned into Sounds Good this week. If you ever want to get in touch with feedback, ideas, dream podcast guests, or just you have questions for me, totally feel free to reach out at brandon at brandonharvey.com. And that email goes straight to me. And while you're at it, please come say hi on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and Facebook at at Brandon Harvey. That's Brandon with an E-N. This week and every week, you can find the show notes for this week's episode of Sounds Good at brandonharvey.com slash podcast. It's also a great place to find older episodes you might have missed. This show, Sounds Good with Brandon Harvey, is part of the Gradient Podcast Network and is created in collaboration between Gradient and I. And with that, that's a wrap for this week's podcast. I'll see you online and I'll talk to you next week when we get the opportunity to learn from another inspiring person. Sound good?